want, they want a career. They might be stuck at the small business. They, they have a college degree, but they couldn't get that Fortune 500 job. So they had to move back to their hometown and they're working for like a small business that pays the bills. They live nice, but they're not buying anything super cool. It's that guy. That guy right there is the future no coder. And all of these recent college graduates that didn't get the job they want, there's so many of them. Just sit back, take a breath, go get that job in the small business in your hometown. Don't feel like a failure and try to make that business better. If you didn't get the job at the Fortune 500 company, go build a Fortune 500 company. And if you don't want to start from scratch because you maybe not don't have the confidence yet, help another small business grow. Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours, but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter came to help them find the way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth. Until tomorrow, No Code becomes the next big skill that changes the future of humanity. That's what I'm all about. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz and from an ethical hacker to a European Ivy League business graduate to a hypnotherapist to a growth marketer, I've lost everything twice. And now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day, the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter are for the makers and founders who have the proactivity perspective and persistence to go on this journey with me and get the answers about money, marketing, and mindsets so that makers become earners, earners become founders, and founders get freedom and create wealth. And thank you all for the support. This podcast is now ranking nicely on Apple in the entrepreneurship category. Top 200 in San Francisco, top 60 in Germany, top 50 in the UK, top 30 in Sweden, top 25 in Italy and top 25 in India. So let's keep going, keep rating, review and subscribe and, and share. My guest today is a specialist in automating small business workflows with no code. His name is Andrew Wright from the University of South Carolina to conflict mediation, to video editing at the creative agency from a blockchain researcher to the director of special projects at CLC. He is a rising star in the no-code community, and it's an honor to have him here today. Andrew, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing great, Abdul. Um, it's a good day today in Charleston, South Carolina. Weather's actually pretty nice. Um, that was a great introduction. I'm really looking forward to sitting here and talking with you today about no-code and um, all the things that you can do with it. It's, uh, it's super exciting. This is uh, one of my first podcasts that I've been on. Um, I'm, super, I'm super excited. And thank you for having me on. And I'm gonna love this and take advantage of every single second. So I will ask you my first question that has come into mind. When was that first moment or experience where you discovered no code and discovered its potential and thought, wow, there is something here. Um, so my boss asked me to redesign our company website 
um, the agency that we were working with was kind of a kind of a problem. Um, so we brought it in house. Um, the only experience I had with web development at that time was with Wix. Um, so I built a really nice site, in my opinion, on it, and it works well. But the site was so large that it started to slow down my editor in Wix, and it got really kind of frustrating. Um, so I kind of branched out and started looking at other website designers that were going to be more efficient than Wix. Um, that's when I found Webflow. Um, Webflow was my introduction to no code. I watched so many YouTube videos on it. Um, Pixel Geek, he's been a great resource, great tutorials and just kind of the basic user interface of it. And then I was watching a Pixel Geek tutorial and he had Aaron from Airtable on, he's a guy that does the education team there. And he was talking about storing information in Airtable and using Zapier to send it into the Webflow CMS. And that was super cool to me because my background was in design, video editing, and like print editing. Being able to get a glimpse of how to do backend web development was like, oh my gosh, like this is this is unbelievable. Um, I, I thought that was something that you had to spend weeks and weeks and years learning how to code. And they literally did it in an hour. So that was that was my introduction to it. And I'm very thankful that Pixel Geek has his tutorials out there because anybody can get into no code so easily and just to be introduced by it. And you're automatically just going to be like, wow, this is unlocking something that I thought was impossible for so long. Yes, unlocking something that you thought was impossible for a long time. And to ask you, since you had interest in this, why didn't you try to learn programming before stumbling upon no code or did you try it? And then what was your experience or frustration with it? Because, well, I imagine you're using no code now because you're not a coder. So to you, what is that thing that prevented you from learning code and why is no code a superior solution? Um, so I played around with some code, a little bit of JavaScript on my on my Wix site, um, just like basic show hide functions and stuff like that. Um, the barrier to entry for coding is really immense. If I would go back to like my freshman year of college, I would have took computer science hands down. I think that's a great way to learn computer science and, and coding in general. And I just think that a lot of the information to learn coding is so distributed. It's in so many different places that it's very hard to bring it all together. And I know that there are platforms out there that are meant to teach you coding and to do all these things, but they really start from the bare bones, like basic addition and basic subtraction with ENCODE. And I always had a hard time getting past the basic levels of coding, not in terms of being able to do it. I just got bored. I, I had I had a problem and I wanted to fix it right now. So having to build up so much background in coding and, and understanding all of the pieces to it to be able to solve that current problem, just it kind of intimidated me, I'll be honest. Um, so I've, I've always been a creative person trying to make things work. And that's what I've been doing with it. So when no code came around, I was, I was like, boom, this is perfect. Um, that's, it, it's, it's not, 
it's still coding in my opinion it's just visual coding it uses an abstraction just like just like your desktop is an abstraction for code it's not no code it's the evolution of coding just like when apple and microsoft created the visual interface of your desktop totally changed the game i think that these no code solutions that are coming out 2018 2019 2020 2021 they are the evolution of advanced computer science just like apple and microsoft were back in the 80s i love that it actually makes me think of google translate where you don't need to spend all those years learning the language you need it right now either to survive or to be understood or to communicate something so you type in or say the words in your language that you're familiar with in this case the visual language and it will translate it to the language of the other person and therefore you get the benefits of speaking the language at an adequate level without really learning the language at that adequate level and to ask you about your usage of no code in business like what was the situation before and what benefits or differences does it uh, add to the business where you are in charge of those special kinds of operations you're a, a special ops kind of person yeah so my title is director of special projects um i my job title my, my job description is to do things that are off the wall so my boss will have an idea and it goes to my desk and i decide whether or not it's a good idea or a bad idea it could be any idea that's how we kind of structured our company because we want to stay creative we want to be able to do things that are off the wall so my job is to like watch the wall um but our, our use cases um are pretty simple right now they're getting more advanced um right now we have two that are in operation one's just a simple project tracker using Airtable and many extensions. Um, the reason that came about was my boss would call me and he would just tell me all this stuff over the phone that I needed to do. And I'd be sitting there trying to type everything out or write it on a piece of paper real quick. And I didn't get everything down a couple of times, you know? So I was like, I'm gonna fix this problem. I'm gonna have a, a nice portal that you can just type your name. You'll see all the tasks that are associated to you via the link record record and um, my boss is loving it because it allows him to delegate more efficiently and it's a and it doesn't have all the bells and whistles of other project trackers which is the number one reason why i love no code is because you can customize it to only what you need if you try to buy something out of the box like a project tracker out of the box you're going to have all these things that you're not going to use and it's going to confuse people especially if you have like um, more experienced people in your office people that have a lot of years working and they're used to things being a certain way and then you just throw this new tool in front of them that has all of this stuff that they have no idea how to use it really makes them mad it honestly makes them mad um, so using Airtable and many extensions i just created something super simple easy to use and it just has a visual like hierarchy of what's important and what needs to be done so that's our our first endeavor into Airtable. Um, the one that really pushed us to, to use no-code that really was our introduction into this whole ecosystem was we have a compliance department and we're federally regulated. 
So there's a lot of our paperwork that has to be perfect. There is no miss a letter, miss a box. That doesn't happen. If you miss the box, it's a federal violation and you're going to be fined when you get audited. And we had the issue of our compliance person had to learn everything. And it's a 250 page manual. And when anytime we try to hire somebody, we have to teach them this 250 page manual unless they have prior experience, which that's a great hire. But so we wanted to minimize the amount of human error that was happening on our compliance documents. So it, we sat down, we thought about it. We looked at all of the forms that had to be filled out and we saw where our problem areas were. And most of them was just, you missed it. Like just basic human error. Like you're staring at these documents all day and you missed one checkbox and you just didn't see it. So what we did was we built an entire onboarding process for our new employees. These are the people that have to be federally regulated. And the entire process is built inside of many extensions, Airtable, and there's a link on our Wix website because I'm in the process of building it on Webflow right now. Um, so they click the link, fill out the initial application form. All of that data gets sent to Airtable. And then the process kind of kicks off with an email to our internal people that says, hey, you have a new applicant. And then they can go into our portal, which is the mini extensions portal, and they can see the record there with all of the information of the driver. And they review the resume. They like it. Then they can change the stage, which is a, which is a single, it's a status, it's a single select status. And then when that status changes, it triggers Zapier automations that send an email to the driver that says, hey, you've made it to the next round of the interview. Would you please select a date and time for your phone interview? And then they do the phone interview. If they pass that stage, we change the stage and da, 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 da until you get to the point where they have to actually fill out this massive amount of paperwork. And the first thing we notice about this giant stack of paperwork is its redundancies in terms of the fields. So the majority of the fields on all of this paperwork is the same on the first page. So I think right now we have 127 variables, 87 of those variables was on page one. So being able to use, I think we're using Integramat right now to create these documents. It just makes it so streamlined. And the, the, the driver has to fill out one form that has 127 variables, but then that data is used to create this massive stack of paperwork. And we use a signing function so they can sign all the documents too. And it's really been a blessing in terms of our compliance department because now instead of having to teach somebody a 250 page regulation manual, all I have to do is teach them how to use the user interface of change this status to this when they're at this level and then approve these documents and then everything's done. It's, it's been great. I love what I'm hearing because I'm hearing something wonderful. I'm hearing that usually people speak about no code in terms of entrepreneurship, but you are doing that intrapreneurship kind of thing, which is instead of, you know, people going to the market and trying to find their avatar and understanding their pains, 
well, you are solving the internal pains of the people inside your company, making it work better. And that's entrepreneurship, as well as doing that Google thing of uh, where they have the employees have one day a week to experiment with wacky ideas that might turn into greatness or not. And therefore, in many ways, you are being that Google department of doing two things. You are the internal entrepreneur or intrapreneur, and you are the one who filters and tries out all the ideas that might be the next great thing that pushes your business forward or not. And therefore, you're not being that dinosaur that stays stagnant and becomes a company just focusing on day to day, but you are that agent of change that creates the progress and the improvement. And all this was unlocked through no code. Is this an understanding that is uh, relevant to your experience? Yeah, I think that's the nail on the head. It's really good to hear you say that because that's how I kind of think of myself, like an agent of change. I personally believe the meaning of life has changed, is changed. Um, human beings are the only animal that changed their environment. Every other animal is changed by its environment. Um, but going back into the entrepreneur, I've actually never heard that word before. Um, that's what I think no code community is kind of lacking. You said it yourself that most of the no code people are focused on entrepreneurship and starting a business and doing all those things. But what they don't understand is that there are millions and millions of people that are young, that are technologically savvy, like they can use an iPhone, they can use Excel. And most of these people are probably in their 20s or 30s, this new workforce that's coming in, and they can pick this stuff up so fast. I think I literally got to, to like where I'm at an air table in like two weeks, man, like two, two weeks of watching YouTube videos. I understood the linking of records. I understood Zapier. I understood all of those things. I'm not an expert in it by any means, but I'm doing some pretty cool stuff with it. So I know that anybody that has some mild technological background can get into this stuff and they can really change their business. And it, it's not even, it doesn't even have to be their business. It can be the business that they work for. There's so many small businesses in a town, like a small town in, in Arizona. There's millions and millions of dollars in a, of an economy there. There's roofers, there's floor, there's people that are selling floors. There's people that are installing floors. There's gardeners, there's landscapers. All of these people can benefit from no code. And that's something I really want to see more of in our community. And it's something that I'm, I'm glad that your podcast is kind of targeting that a little bit is, is we get, get it out of Silicon Valley. It's this, this technology right here is for the average Joe. And that's who we need to be talking to. That's who we need to be getting on board with this stuff. I agree with you. And it's truly the average Joe when they have that power that no code gives them. Like you said, businesses can transform. Things can be automated. A lot of time wasted and human error can be corrected. And people who are doing needless, mindless job could be freed to do things that are a lot more innovative and that can change the future for humanity. And to ask you about philosophical question, because you are speaking about how humans are agents of change 
and they changed the environment. I am curious, how did that philosophy develop? Was it something you learned somewhere or you noticed it in life? And how was that useful to you, not only in this role that you are playing or working in, but in your life in general to optimize and to live life in a better way? Um, it's actually a pretty generic answer, kind of. Um, you have, have you ever seen the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey, Stanley Kubrick? Yes. Okay, the first scene, my favorite scene, is with the, with the, the apes in the beginning, and like the, the rectangle kind of lands. But the most important scene in that entire movie, and, in, and honestly in cinema in general, is when one of the apes picks up the bone and then smashes the other bones with that bone. That was when human, humans changed their environment for their betterment. If people that, like animals, that they're changed by their environment. Like you have the evolution thing with the, the birds on the Galapagos Islands. They have different beaks because the food source was different. So that's the environment changing the animal. The human being was the first animal to change the environment. And that's what separates us from animals, in my opinion. And I, I got that idea when I was in college, when I was watching 2001 Space Odyssey in film class, and it just kind of hit me. I was like, whoa, like, change. Like, they changed it. They, they did something. And now look at us. We're, we're the human race. Um, and, and in terms of how I apply that to, like, my business and, and just my personal life in general, I always stop back and think, can this be better? Could it be? I know it works right now, and I hate the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if something works, there's more likely of a chance that it can be better because it was probably built a while ago. Technology changes, ideas change. So get away from the idea that if it ain't broke, don't fix it and say, if it works, how can I make it better? I love that, and I'm curious. Do you know Edward de Bono? I do not. Okay, I'm going to say two things that you mentioned. There is a book called Paleo Fantasy by Marlene Zock, and what she argues is that people speaking about that evolutionary uh, psychology and how humans used to be in the Paleolithic um, uh, and uh, the parts of history, but in reality, humans were never adapted to the environment they always adapted the environment to themselves. Mm -hmm. And therefore, there is no romantic past where human beings were just having the perfect life, totally adapted to the food and the nutrition. People were always not well adapted to the environment and needed to adapt the environment to themselves. And that's what you're speaking about. And Edward de Bono is the number one uh, authority on creativity since the 70s or earlier. He's from a small island called Malta, but he uh, was a professor as well as a famous person in the US and in the UK. And he developed books on thinking and on creativity. And he argues exactly that, that people should take time specifically to try to make things that are working work better because there is a very, very high probability that whatever is working first is not what all it could be. And second, it probably was working in different circumstances when it first was initiated than now. And therefore, it's always worthy 
to look for ways to improve because everything could be improved. And even when it gets better, we learn something that can make it even better. So it's uh, always a never-ending potential that can be unlocked, like you sp spoke about unlocking uh, abilities in your business. And you as a person, let's say you had a vision or a dream to bring this intrapreneurship into the world and teach those people who are working for businesses how to use no code to make businesses work better and to find ways to solve pains internally. Can you speak about something, some ideas that you had in mind, how they can consider using no code? And what is, do you think, a message that if you went to those small businesses in Arizona to explain to them the power and potential for them as uh, for no code as an internal tool for them, what would you say that they will think, oh my God, yes, I need this? Um, I would go to the lowest paid person in the whole organization for the most part. Um, youngest, the, the, the lowest paid, the guy on the bottom of the total pole, because that guy is the one that's doing all of these repetitive tasks. And then I'm gonna ask him, do you think that this process can be better? Because he's not going to tell his boss because his boss is probably like, just do it. You know, like we're trying to make money here. It works. Just do it. And, and once you convince that guy, the guy that's on the bottom, the guy that's job's going to be totally changed. It's not going to go away. It's going to be better. He's going to free him up to do cooler stuff. Once you convince that guy, that guy is like your, your, your spy in the organization that's going to just talk to the CEO. He's like, hey, that guy that came in and he had some really cool ideas and I think it would make my job a lot easier and maybe we could do, give me more responsibilities. And then that's kind of how you get into the organization from what I've thought of. I'm not, I haven't really thought about it that much. I'm trying to get our company up and running first for the most part, but we do want to expand this into other companies in our industry. So that's kind of the plan that we have is just kind of talk to the people that their lives would be changed. The boss is not going to notice a difference. Like he, he will a little bit, like things will go faster and all of that. And, and it'll be a little bit more efficient, but at the end of the day, he's, he's got finances to worry about. He's got his entire team to worry about. He's got so much other stuff to worry about. He's not the guy, he's not really the decision maker. He's the guy that puts the stamp of approval on it, but the, the decision maker is the, the lower guys, the lower people that are going to that are building something. They want, they want a career. They might be stuck at the small business. They, they have a college degree, but they couldn't get that Fortune 500 job. So they had to move back to their hometown and they're working for like a small business that pays the bills. They live nice, but they're not buying anything super cool. It's that guy. That guy right there is the future no-coder. You got to find him, tell him about it, Show him how his job can be easier and it helps if you already know the industry and you've already kind of come up with solutions and then he'll be like, let's do it. And then he'll tell his boss, let's do it. And then they'll hire us as a consultant and we'll come in there and help them build it. But we want them to be there during the build process. Like we're not selling, like no code's not about building SaaS applications in my opinion. Like, yeah, you can build some cool stuff on Bubble. I do like Bubble, but it's about understanding how it works, like what is happening. Like I can build something up to where they can just sign in, have a username and password, and they can just use the software. That kind of defeats the purpose of no code. 
you want that person to understand how does this work? What if I want to change something? Well, you can, you can change it. Don't change these things because this is what works. But if you wanted to add to it, this is how you add to it. Like this is, we're not selling you something out of the box. We're selling you Legos. And that's what I love about Airtable and their marketing is they say, these are Legos. And I think the whole no code community needs to accept that these tools are Legos. You can sell a Lego set, but the person still has to build the Lego set. It's, that's how I look at it. I love it. And I actually had an even better like expansion to make it even a bigger vision. What if all those people who lost their jobs and all those graduates who cannot find those good jobs just educated themselves through no code and went like an army unleashed on the economy using no code to unlock all the potential, getting those businesses to um, lower overhead, lower expenses so that they can survive and even profit on lower revenue in hard times, as well as those people finding better jobs and being be better paid because they're saving the company much more than the salary they're getting. And therefore, it can be a way to relaunch and reignite the economy from a totally unexpected perspective. What do you think about this? Like, or do you imagine another? I, I, I love it. I love that idea. Like, there's so much untapped potential in recent college graduates. Like I didn't, I graduated from college. I studied like advertising and blockchain and I was trying to work at IBM, but I, I made it through a couple of rounds of interviews, but halfway through my interview process, they acquired Red Hat for like $4.5 billion. So they just taught everybody at Red Hat what they needed. So they put a hiring freeze. So I was SOL. So I ended up back in my hometown working for a small business. And over time, I got into the office. I started off as a driver. I was just driving. Now I'm in the office and slowly got into no code. And, and now we're building all of these amazing products that are making the business run faster. It's, it's making our compliance department top, top tier of the industry. And all it took was a little bit of hard work, determination and curiosity. And all of these recent college graduates that didn't get the job they want, there's so many of them. Just sit back, take a breath, Go get that job in the small business in your hometown. Don't feel like a failure and try to make that business better. If you did get the job at the Fortune 500 company, go build a Fortune 500 company. And if you don't want to start from scratch because you maybe not don't have the confidence yet, help another small business grow. That's That idea is something that I really want people to understand, especially these recent college graduates, because I'm 25. So I've got a lot of friends that are in in that same situation still waiting tables still doing all these things that are minimum wage very low level jobs no benefits take the time learn no code it's not hard you're not learning javascript you're not learning react and you can make all these amazing things and just show up to a job interview with like whatever you made for yourself show them your project tracker show them your expense base that has zapier integrations to link to your google calendar they're gonna think it's cool the people that you're interviewing at a small business are going to think it's cool. The person at like a major 500 company might not think it's cool, but you can get a good job with this stuff. This is great stuff to get a job. I agree with you. And I love this because the world is celebrating entrepreneurs right now, almost way too much. They're being worshiped. Yep. And even yep. today, you know, 
Elon Musk out here and he's now the richest man in the world officially. But the intrapreneurs, like you said, those who are not building that next unicorn, but taking those small businesses into all they can be, growing them and being that agent of change that creates greatness, even in small towns, because they deserve that brain power and that success as well. Those are those uh, unknown soldiers or hidden soldiers or whatever that are building the economy because so what if, uh, for example, one entrepreneur builds a $1 billion company? Well, the economy is 10 trillion. He did nothing. But yeah. those 10 trillion, most of them are small businesses that need attention, love, and entrepreneurs who will use no code to change everything. Do you have any uh, last and final words to share with the community and what links can people use to find you to follow you and to hear more um last words for the community um i would just say open yourself up you saw the entire exodus of silicon valley everybody left and they went to miami but everybody left so take this moment and open up to the rest of the world and to the small business guys and just just talk to them. Just try to show them that it's not you're not doing magic. Most people think computer programming is magic. Like they have no clue. Like no clue. So don't try to sell them this software for a thousand dollars a month and this and this and that that does all, all these things. Show them that they can make something that does one thing. Just just one thing. Because they don't need a million things. They want one thing to be good. And no code allows you to build one thing that has no other functionality. It just does this one thing. And I, I, that's, that's just, this is what all I want, all I want people that are mostly from San Francisco and the Silicon Valley startup venture capitalist world. They live in this bubble and there's a whole big world out there that needs stuff. They need stuff. And if you guys are in no code and you're leaving these major Amazon, Facebook, all these tech startups, and you're getting into no code, you have to embrace that no code is not for Silicon Valley. No code is for the average Joe in Arkansas. Um, so that's, that's my last words to the no code community. And I love them. They're an amazing inspiration. People are building amazing things. Everyone is so open and the building public movement is amazing. And I learned so much. Just keep keep showing people what you're doing because that's how we learn. We watch YouTube. Just watch YouTube religiously. You honestly don't even need to go to college in 2021. You can just watch YouTube. That's seriously, you can do that. Um, uh, that's the information's democratized now. You just got to go find it. You got to try and find it. It's not going to come to you. It's You got to go find it and just find it. And to the kids that are 25 that didn't get that job at that Fortune 500 company, it's okay, man. Go work at that small business, but make that small business know that you have a college degree, that you are smart, that you're young, that you have a high school diploma, but you've studied and you know what you're talking about. That's what's going to make the younger generation the most valuable generation in United States history, world history. I don't know. That's kind of a fetch, but... Just go do it. Moral I story, love it. Go do it. <laughs>
I love your words, man. You're such an inspiration. Can you share where people can connect with you? Is it on Twitter? Um, so you share yes. your handle or is it like LinkedIn or something else? Where? Uh, what is your favorite place? Uh, Twitter's where I'm at for no code. I have Instagram for like my creative artsy stuff. Uh, but Twitter's where you can find me for no code. It's no code right. Right like the Wright brothers. No code W-R-I-G-H-T. I accept I, follows. I talk to people. I will put it in the description and thank you. It was an honor. A great, great, great interview. And thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Abdul. Thank you.